Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey there, Colin. Ready for some Tiger football? I am. I'm ready for football and only football. <laughs> it's been, uh, well, I don't know. I guess you would describe it as the biggest shit show in the history of Missouri sports or Missouri campus ever? Yeah, it's. Uh, we have been in the eye of a giant turd storm. Mm-hmm. Giant cyclone of green apple sloppies i gotta say i am perfectly ready for the storm to pass me too i'm feel like everyone associated with mizzou is is feels like they're completely covered in shit and is ready for uh, that to stop i would like the shit storm to slowly blow west into the state of kansas and then hover for a long time <laughs> yeah, where it belongs yeah where it stays most of the time uh-huh. well, the waters and the rivers are already full of shit they might as well just have the land mass covered in it too yeah sure well, i tell you what we're going to do today, Colin. We're going to try to talk about something called football. I don't know if you remember that topic. I do remember it, and I miss it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got a guy named Mitch Harper. He's a BYU reporter for uh, KFAN 1320 out in Salt Lake and uh, host of a podcast called the, the Cougar Center. And he's going to tell me what BYU football is all about because I have literally no fucking idea. Yeah, the, the fighting Joseph Smiths are coming to Arrowhead to take on our Tigers. That's right. And uh, I assume beat us. Yeah, you know, Gatorade coolers full of warm milk, mm-hmm. uh, ready to thrash us thoroughly. Because I don't know what uh, the young man's going to tell us about, but what little I've read about them is they've got a good secondary and a massive pass rush, which, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. based on our offensive line, ought to be absolutely debilitating to our offense. Yeah, I expect them to crush us thoroughly, then wash our clothes and iron them and give them back to us. <laughs> So uh, after that, we've got Byron Chamberlain's back in, in the uh, Mazad cast realm. He's going to talk to us a little bit about his playing days, his take on uh, Mizzou football right now, and, and uh, talk to us about whether we can actually win or not. Yeah, it's nice to get uh, Byron's insight. Yeah, because uh, certainly we don't have any clue about what it's no, like to be a college no, football player. At all. Or no. talented in any way. No, no. But there's one less thing, Colin, I've left off that list. Really? Yeah. That's, what's that? Nothing soothes high tensions like a little Corey Fatoni, and uh, so he's going to answer some answer some listener mail for a little another round of Ask Corey. Terrific, terrific. Corey is uh, if there's anybody who can guide us through these tumultuous times, I feel like it's Corey Fatoni. Absolutely, we're going to lean on him now more than ever. <laughs> the offense certainly will. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll do it. That'll be a show, and then uh, we'll be back at it after the uh, Tigers take on the Cougars in the Cat Bowl of Arrowhead. Yeah. You sound as stoked as, as ever. Oh, I mean, gosh, just this phenomenal football team uh, continues to fill me with unbridled enthusiasm. <laughs> All right, let's get these interviews out of the way, and then I'll chat with you at the back end of this motherfucker. Will do. All right, talk to you later. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Going to throw it. Slam. This bug's for you, Mizzou. And there he goes. How about number six? You don't get no better than that, man. Who's back in the game? Shane Ray. And look at what he just did.
Missouri. This is the Mazzotcast. Joining us now is Mitch Harper, a BYU reporter for 1320K fan in Salt Lake City and a host of the Cougar Center podcast. Thanks for being with us, Mitch. Hey, happy to be on, guys. A lot has happened here in Columbia, obviously, over the course of the last week. But one thing getting lost in the mix is we got a football game coming up on Saturday in Kansas City. And I got to tell you, I am not that up on BYU Cougar football. So I'm glad to have you, Mitch. Tell us what this 2015 Cougar team is like and what the Tiger fans can expect to see. Yeah, this has been a you know an interesting season for BYU. You know, they came into the year fifth year of independence, and there was a lot of expectations going into the season because you know with having a senior quarterback in Taysom Hill, there was a lot of high goals and high aspirations for this team. And then week one, Taysom Hill, the, the star quarterback, the do it all guy, um, he goes down with an Achilles and out for the season and you know most programs you lose a a heisman candidate caliber quarterback you know usually the the season would kind of go off the rails and and you'd be kind of reevaluating things but byu has been really fortunate to have a a backup and waiting in the wings and true freshman tanner mangum now true freshman i say that lightly because he is 22 years old a, a classic case of uh, you know a BYU freshman Gary Pinkle even mentioned it. It's been kind of causing a little bit of a uh, a little bit of an uproar here in Salt Lake with Gary Pinkle mentioning true freshman at BYU being around 24 years old. People are saying, "Hey, it's, he's only 22, not not quite 24." <laughs> but um, but uh, but yeah, Tanner Mangum's came in, and uh, you know his kind of claim to fame before this season was that he was the Elite Eleven co-MVP with with a guy named Jameis Winston. I'm not sure you heard of him. Um, mm-hmm. Who's now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? So there was a lot of there was a lot of expectations or, or a lot of excitement about Tanner Mangum, but we all kind of thought he would be the guy in 2016 and beyond. But he got thrown into the the week one against Nebraska, and of course he had that hell mary played and win that victory to win that game in Lincoln, snapping the Cornhuskers' 29 year streak of winning season openers. And you know that was a big thing and kind of thrusted BYU into the national conversation right right away. Had, a, had another big win against Boise State and then a close loss at UCLA in the Rose Bowl. And BYU was still ranked going into a game against Michigan. And BYU kind of got the doors blown off them, 31-0. to zero, And they were 2-2, two and two, kind of reevaluating things. And now they've kind of gotten on a hot streak after a four-game homestand and, and a road trip to San Jose State on a five-game win streak. But this team has been has been very um, resilient. That's been kind of the word that a lot of players have described uh, this season because they've battled a lot of injuries. They've had a, a lot of uh, backups really rise to the occasion at key spots, most notably quarterback and also running back. Uh, BYU star running back Jamal Williams withdrew from the program before the season even started. And at times, BYU's been down to their third and fourth string running back. So, it's been a resilient ball club, and they're feeling pretty confident. Um, they're seven and two right now, and, and they feel like they're a team that that uh, this this week's game is very interesting because it poses an opportunity for BYU to kind of avenge that performance against Michigan where they got shut out. Because a lot of players kind of point to that game as a you know a game to folk a, a kind of a reference point, if you will, in regards to Missouri because they. 
BYU players are well aware of Missouri's defensive success over the years and also this season. And that was, a, and, and Michigan was a very physical football team defensively on BYU and really shut down the Cougars. And they really want to avenge that performance and, and against another Power 5 team this week in Missouri. But overall, BYU is very excited to play the Tigers. It's, you know, first time since 1983 Holiday Bowl that the two schools have faced off against each other. And both schools, you know, had to do a lot of finagling to, to get this game to even happen. Um, a lot of money is involved. And, and playing this in Arrowhead Stadium should be a fun fun atmosphere. And, and I know that, you know, the backdrop of this story um, we guys have experienced with the, with the protests and boycott. BYU players have tried to stay focused and tried to you know take on a business as usual approach, expecting that you know Mizzou is going to come out with a lot of emotion. So their BYU players are saying they got to match that intensity right away in this game. So it should be uh, you know an interesting matchup this week. The story for the Tigers this year up until this week had been you know one of the top defenses in the country with one of the worst offenses. And a lot of the folks who talk about the Tigers looked at the remainder of the Tigers' schedule and said that in all likelihood we could lose the rest of our season. But at any point, if we were to somehow manage to get a couple of touchdowns, this defense could keep us in any game. And so there's a lot of folks who don't know what to make of not just this week's game, but the remainder of our season. And if the Tigers can manage to get any points on the board, there's so much faith in that defense that they feel like maybe there's a shot. But then again, the the wild card in this whole mix is, like you mentioned, the atmosphere surrounding the campus environment and the involvement of the football team and the impact that will have on emotions of the players. And Gary Pinkle alluded to it. Will it inspire the guys to, to give their best or will they be distracted? We won't know until game time. So um, tell me a little bit about the BYU defense, because I think that will be the key point for this game, because I think that the Tigers have confidence in their offense. They may be able to keep BYU scoring down, but will Missouri be able to move the ball at all? Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think that's going to be probably the most intriguing matchup, because I think both teams' strength is BYU's offense and and Missouri's defense. So strength versus strength, and and then kind of question mark versus question mark going into this one. BYU's defense has gotten better over the course of the season, Bronco Mendenhall took over the defensive play calling duties again this season, a, a post that he's been very familiar with, even dating back to his days when he was at New Mexico coaching up with guys like Brian Erlacher. So Bronco has had a long history of being a defensive play caller, and the defense has been much improved compared to last season. They're kind of a bend-but-don't-break defense, so they're going to give up yards, but they, their, their biggest claim is that their claim to fame, if you will, is that they're going to hold you to a field goal. They're not going to give up a touchdown, you know, and they're going to get enough takeaways to give get the uh, offense short enough field to, to create some big plays. So, you know, I, I think the defense last week had a, had a good performance against the team in San Jose State. Now you say, uh, that's just San Jose State, but, you know, San Jose State has Al Borges as the offensive coordinator, former coordinator at Michigan, and they threw a lot at BYU's defense uh, uh, a lot of trick plays, and they have one of the nation's best running backs in Tyler Irvin. And BYU shut down San Jose State, and I thought it, BYU bases themselves a lot of at a nickel package, and they, they their six their strength on the defense is their linebackers. They feel like they got a lot of speed at that position, and they want to create a lot of havoc. They always use terms like confuse and and cover ups and schemes. So the blitz packages they're going to bring are going to try to confuse this Missouri offense, and they feel confident that they can you know, create a lot of pressure on any team 
the only you know exception really has been Michigan. Everyone else, they've, they've rattled every quarterback they've pretty much faced, including heralded quarterback Josh Rosen at UCLA. So this is a confident group that they feel capable uh, to create some pressure. I think the big weakness for BYU, and it's always kind of been this way, is the cornerbacks. They've played better than what we've expected in Micah Hanneman and Michael Davis, but still, at times, they, they've been prone to giving up a big play here and there particularly at Micah Hanneman's spot at, at the boundary corner position. But uh, overall, I, I think this game will be the biggest thing, I think, is going to be maybe special teams, too, because BYU's punting game has been, I think, pretty good this season. It was kind of a question mark going in. They use rugby-style punts with a, a kid from New Zealand who actually was a national champion on BYU's rugby team uh, the past few years, and, and the football team made a call to him and as, as a kind of a desperation move because they didn't have a punter going into the fall camp season or fall camp um so they made a call to him and he's turned out to be a nice player he's actually a ray guy candidate uh, so i think he, with johnny linehan to swing the fill position also the, the field goal kicking with trevor sampson for byu um he's been a, a nice asset and they feel he's pretty automatic as well so i think special teams will play a huge role along with how BYU's defense does against this Missouri offense. Sure, you mentioned uh, the confidence that the defense has going up against quarterbacks, and certainly Missouri's offensive line has instilled a lot of confidence in uh, opposing defenses this year. They've been absolutely dreadful. So I, you know, even with poor cornerback play, Missouri just hasn't given their quarterback enough time to see downfield and make plays. So uh, you know that's that spells doom for the Tigers as far as I'm concerned. You mentioned. Special teams, it, it sounds like we're going to have a couple of good punters going against each other. Missouri's punted so often this year because of their poor offense. And we've got another Ray Guy candidate over here in Columbia in Corey Fatoni. So uh, <laughs> we've seen a lot of punting battles this season here in Missouri. And I think that's going to be maybe a theme this Saturday. I think this this honestly is a game where I look at it and I think, you know, maybe the first team to 14 points wins it. You know, yeah. I, I, think, I think BYU's offense – they're very capable of scoring on anyone, but I just question sometimes the physicality of BYU's wide receivers to create separation and get open for Tanner Mangum. If he can get open, you know, he's going to find his receivers, but there's also some questions with BYU's offensive line in terms of injuries. They're pretty banged up right now, and last week they had a basically everyone was a second or third stringer in their first, the starting lineup, just how banged up they are at the offensive line spot. It's a, it's a big question mark. So can they create enough time for Mangum to find those receivers will be a huge thing because if they don't, I mean, Missouri is one of the top, you know, 20, I saw last I checked, top 22 in, uh, in sack, getting to the quarterback in sacks. So that's that's going to be a big thing. But if, if they do give him time, you know, Mangum's a talented quarterback and he can and he's really progressed over the course of the season where each week, with the exception of maybe last week, um, he's really gotten better every single week. So I think that, you know, this game, it's going to be fun. And these are these are games, too, that BYU really covets as an independent because mm-hmm. they look at these opportunities. They, they don't get them very often to get a, you know, a, a stage against an SEC program. I mean, BYU's only faced a handful of SEC teams in their history. And to play in a historic venue like Arrowhead Stadium, these are the moments that BYU really covets because they want to try to continue to prove themselves on the college football landscape to potentially, you know, when you talk about realignment and maybe the Big 12, BYU wants to position themselves to potentially get in that league. Um, will they get it? I mean, who knows? You never know what's going to happen with that league. I mean, you guys are well aware that the Big 12 is kind of a, 
a crapshoot in terms of the leadership that goes on in that thing. Oh yeah. But um, but you know, I think BYU feels that the only thing they control is winning football games, big ones especially against Power Five programs that have respect like Mizzou. So yeah, this is this is a big deal to a program like BYU. Well, certainly they couldn't have caught us at a better time. Uh, both the team in disarray, the uh, distraction of the campus climate going on. The the, the window of them uh, having a victory here has to be as good as there could possibly be. So we'll see. I, I think you're right. It will be a good game. It'll be a low-scoring game. And uh, come down to field goals, turnovers, special teams, I think that's that's very true. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, there, it's kind of shady to go to those things, but I really think, you know, the teams that, that force the turnovers are going to win this one, you know, and then that's going to be – and the field position is going to play a huge part um, in this game. But it but should be a, a good matchup. I know BYU fans are excited to have Mizzou come. I, I think it's like five years from now. But, you know, I, I, I know a lot of folks around this part of the country are really excited to have these type of matchups as independent. Well, thanks for joining us, Mitch. Uh, it's good to hear from you and tell us a little bit about a team that we don't see very regularly. I think, what did you say, 1983 Holiday Bowl? Is that the last matchup? Yeah, 1983 Holiday Bowl. Steve Young at quarterback. So, yeah, it's definitely been a minute since these two teams played. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for being on, Mitch. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem, Brennan. I believe that God has a plan for all of us. I believe that plan involves me getting my own planet. And I believe that the current president of the church, Thomas Monson, speaks directly to God. I am a Mormon. Dang it! A Mormon just believes. I know that I must It's been a stressful week for Missouri football, but we can only think of one good way to clear the air and get in a good place, and that's to talk to our good friend, punter Corey Fatoni. Corey, thanks for being on the show. Hey, well, bada bing, here I am. What do you do? What do you got? Well, Corey, we had a lot of listener questions since our first time we did the Ask Corey segment, and a lot of people had additional questions, had a lot of things they needed from you, wanted your advice, your sage wisdom. Are you ready to have another round of Ask Corey? Absolutely, absolutely. Let's get started. Ask Corey. Okay, our first question comes from Scott in Columbia, Missouri. He said, Corey, my girlfriend won't put out. We've been dating for three weeks and she won't give an inch. What are your suggestions? Three weeks? Jeez, like crazy. I mean, good, good night. You don't get day three. <laughs> hour, you get to hour three and she's putting up a fight. You know, I mean, that's... uh. That's crazy. It sounds like you got one of these ice princesses on your hand. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, you, certainly, if I mean, if you if you're dead set on trying to you know break down the Berlin Wall, then uh, I don't know. Again, I I always go with the uh, more cologne, more is more. You know what I mean? So uh, you can try that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, what kind of car are you driving? I mean, personally, I've got the iRock, and it is absolutely panty dropper. You know, so uh, I don't know. I mean, look in the mirror, maybe you. Maybe there's something you can do about that, but probably better than not, she's just, you know, she's one of these girls, you know, she's going to die alone with a cat, you know, because if you don't put out, you know, who's going to stick around for that, you know? Thanks for the advice, Corey. I think that'll help him a lot, I'm sure. Absolutely. Our second question comes to us from Jessica in Rolla, Missouri. She says, Corey, I have a job interview coming up. Uh, I'm just out of school. What can I do to ensure that I get noticed? Oh, that's easy. That is easy. I mean, uh... You know, uh, put on your best blouse, you know, make sure the top three, four buttons are open, uh, push up bra, you know, make sure you got a nice orange glow, go to the spray tan booth, you know, I think, 
for women, the look you want to go for when you're going for a job interview is snooky. You know what I mean? I think uh, if there's a woman who uh, epitomizes uh, professionalism and class, it is your, your snooky, you know, or maybe Jay Wow. Hmm. So, I mean, uh, go watch a little Jersey Shore, pick up some pointers on how to be a classy dame, and uh, I think you'll do all right. All right. Uh, next question. Mark in Blue Springs says, I'm shy around the girls, Corey. How can I get the girls at school to notice me? Well, that's a, that's a hard question. I mean, I don't know. Uh, you know, with me, you know, they just come flocking. You know, Corey's got it going on. But uh, I don't know. If I guess if I'm trying to get a girl's attention, you know, I, I look in the mirror. I see what I got going on myself. You know, you, sometimes you have to internalize instead of externalize. You know, you know, you put a little oil in the hair. You grease it back nice and slick. You get your St. Christopher's medal on. You, 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 you popped your collar on your silk shirt, you know, you wear some tight jeans. Uh, I don't personally do this, don't need to, never have, but, you know, you roll up a roll of socks, you stuff them down the front of your pants, you know, you wear those pants nice and tight, you show the ladies you got something going on downstairs, you know, something they can enjoy, a full meal, not just an appetizer. So I just, I just want to be clear, this is not something you do, it's uh No, absolutely not. Old Corey's third leg is, uh, well... It's, it's pretty prolific. Let's just say that. All right. Well, that's more than I want to know. Uh, next question comes from Sam in Mexico. I uh, went out last night, Corey. I can barely type this. My hangover is so bad. Do you have a hangover cure? Absolutely. So first thing you want to do, you want to make a big plate of pasta. You know, uh, spaghetti is always the go-to for me. You know, and then you get a little bit of red wine, a little hair of the dog. You eat that. You, you're going to be 100%, you know. Hey, worst case scenario, you can't find the spaghetti. You get a calzone. Okay, that, and that's and that's worked for you in the past. Yeah, heavy carbs, heavy carbs. That's right. how you cure a hangover. All right, that's good. And you, you, I feel like you have wisdom in all areas. Hey, I am a Renaissance man. I'm versatile. Last question here for you, Corey. Luke in St. Louis says, "I have a girlfriend. She just found out I've been texting another girl. It's more than just text. How do I keep my girlfriend calm?" You know, you try to explain to her the dynamic that is men and women. You know, women are uh, beings that are meant for one man and one man alone. And uh, they are uh, dirty, filthy whores if they have more than one man. But a man, on the other hand, he is a uh, he is a creature that is, you know, biologically predestined to, to need more than what one woman can provide. So I think if you explain it to her in a scientific manner, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's biology. It's biology, you know, sweetheart. You can't you can't argue with science. You know, it's uh, a man needs uh, more than you know one place to lay his head. It's uh, that's just the way it is. A man gets tired of putting on the same pair of boots every day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think uh, women respond really well in high emotional situations to science lectures. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, if she's a rational gal, she'll she'll understand. You know, I mean, listen, Corey knows that uh, sometimes girls can take it the wrong way when you have you know three, six, eight girlfriends at one time, you know, but, uh, you know, listen, that's just the, it's biology again. It's, it's science. And, uh, I think if, uh, like I said, explained in the proper way with the proper amount of tact that, uh, that'll be good enough. Do you think this character Luke in St. Louis is, is doing anything wrong? Well, I mean, uh, no, absolutely not. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, like if anything, it's just like, you know, just one girl, you know, I mean, like I said, we're, we're creatures of, we're meant to breed, so I mean, you gotta you gotta keep it loose. You gotta keep as many girls as you can. I mean, it's I mean, I feel like the right situation is to juggle it all till it blows in your face. You know, three, four, or five girls. You know, it's just, that's the way to go. You know, and uh, you find the right that special girl who doesn't seem to mind. You know, that's 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 when you know you found the keeper. 
So in a way, Luke could, should be applauded for only having one mistress. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if she, that's the way she wants to roll, you know, and be like all uptight about it, you know, then, yeah, I mean, look at the glass half full, sweetheart. You know, one girl, that's it. I mean, come on. <laughs> the guy's, the guy's practically a saint. Yeah, sure. Well, Corey, uh, that was, that's all for, for Ask Corey for this week. Thank you so much. But I have some yeah, football absolutely. questions for you. Are you, what are your expectations going into Kansas City to play BYU? Well, the, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I feel like I'm going to be a very busy guy. I'm uh, going to have a lot of kicking to do. Uh, my understanding is, is they uh, have a, a pretty stout defense and, uh, beating as our offense is completely, uh, unable to do anything ever. Uh, that's probably bodes not well for us, but, uh, you know, you know, hey, they're a bunch of Mormons. You can't kick around a bunch of Mormons. What can you kick around, right? I guess so. I mean, uh, the one thing I really wanted to ask you about is, uh, is you are in the running for the national kicker of the year. And one of the guys going up against you for that award is the BYU punter. Do you have any thoughts about this guy and him being competition for you for the national? Really? Punter I did not know that. I did not know that. What is this fellow's name and what is his address? I, I don't know. I don't know if I really feel comfortable giving you that that information. What are you yeah, going to no, do? Like, with I, it? I, I know. Well, it's just one. I'm just curious. Just curious. You know, this fellow comes down with a bruised leg, a broken leg. You know, who's to know? You that's know, that's people what, out there. They're crazy people out there with lead pipes. Sure. What am I, what am I going to do about it? You can't sure. blame me when some people when bad things happen to people. You know, what happens to everybody. People have you know things happen. You know, Corey, what I are feel you like you're me about. It? I'm not. You know, I feel like I'm on a third degree here. You know, what? I'm just asking. Hey, Corey, you know? Corey, 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 Corey. I feel like I'm. I, I just asked you a simple question. I'm. I feel like you're protesting a lot for me just... Listen, i just saying, you know, if a bad something happens to this individual's leg in between now and the football game, See, don't come looking this at Corey. Is, He's this got is, nothing to do with it. This is the exact reason I didn't feel comfortable giving you that name. I feel like that you're, you're acting like you might do something to this young man. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And, you know, you don't have to give me his name. I have the internet. So, you know, All just right. Corey, relax. Why? What, 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 do you, what, what do you need his name for? Let me ask you that. No, I don't need his name, you know. And I mean, I forget about it. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I mean, we'll, we'll see, we'll see each other on the football field. That's all, you know. You know Corey, can you make me a promise? You are not going to hurt this young man. Are you? Can you promise me that? Hey, listen, listen. Nobody's going to hurt anybody. Nobody's. I mean, no. What are we talking about here? Nobody's hurting hurt people, you know. Corey's above board. You know what I mean? All right. <laughs> you know. I don't. You know. I'm going to trust you on this one, Corey. Sure. You know. You know. I'm. You know. Sure. All right. You do what you got to do. All right. Well, Corey, I think that's all the time we got with you. I know you got to get back to the practice field. Like you said, you're going to be very busy this weekend. Thanks again for joining us, and thanks for answering listener questions. Yeah, no problem. I feel like, uh, you know, this is this is good. It's therapeutic for uh, everybody listening. I feel like uh, I have a, a gift, and uh, it would be it would be uh, selfish of me not to share that gift. You know what I mean? I know I've got another gift I like to share with the ladies, and uh, I, I have this gift as well, and I'd like to share that with uh, with the, your listeners. I appreciate that. And thanks again, Corey. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. You have a good time. You, uh, you, uh, watch that game. You watch old Corey. He's gonna, he's gonna kick his leg off. You know what I mean? He's gonna make sure that nobody even notices this other guy on the field should he show up in the game. All right. All right. Thanks, Corey. Forget about it. With us now, a former Missouri player and two-time Super Bowl champion with the Denver Broncos, Byron Chamberlain. Thanks for joining us, Byron. Hey, thanks for having me. There's been a lot going on this week. Uh, we talked a little bit before going on air. Uh, we got the big BYU game coming up, of course, on Saturday. 
But Missouri football was in the national news, not in the sports news, but in the national spotlight this week when they joined in the campus protests and refused to play football until uh, President Tim Wolf was removed or until the hunger strike ended for Jonathan Butler. As a former Missouri athlete, as a, as a, as a former black athlete at Missouri, Tell me what your what your opinion was throughout the week and and how you view Missouri and and you're in LA so you're viewing the situation somewhat from afar. What was your take on the situation this week? Well, the, my take was this, you know, I really applauded the Missouri football team, uh, Gary Pinkle and the athletic director for stepping up and banding together and and letting their voice be heard for for positive change. Uh, you know, the thing about it is. We understand that, that Missouri, uh, great university that it is, uh, is not perfect. And there have been incidents, not only this year, but in the past, of uh, racial incidents and, and things that have occurred. That have occurred. So uh, my, 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 my philosophy is this. You know, anytime if there, you know, there's a racial incident, one racial incident is too many. One is too many. It, it's unacceptable, and it shouldn't be tolerated. So... You know, kudos to those guys for standing up and and actually and 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 using their power and making positive change, making uh, that getting that ball to start rolling, the conversations uh, to be had that that's only going to make Missouri better in the long run. Tell me, Byron, while you were an athlete at Missouri, did you feel there was any sort of unusual climate towards race relations, or have were you somewhat shielded from that as an athlete, or what were your own personal experience? You know, uh, the thing about it is, as an athlete, it, it, it's a little different. Your experience is a little different. And then, you know, you don't really, I mean, at times you do, you're, you're around, you're around it, but you're, but sometimes you're shielded from a, a lot of the things that your counterparts, your, as we call regular students on campus go through. For me, I, I was amazed at, at some of my, uh, friends, uh, even, even my, my African American friends on campus would tell me different things, uh, that, that happened, you know, on campus, different, you know, incidents of racism. And they may even point someone out and you, and you'd look at that person and be like, wow, that's the same guy that was congratulating me Saturday after I scored a couple of touchdowns. Right. You know, so, you know, as an athlete, like I said, a lot of times you're shielded from that. You have a different experience than, than regular students have because of the fact you are an athlete. When Missouri's football program got involved in this situation, is this something you've ever seen as far as a, as an athletic program at the college level involving themselves in a political or social movement? Is there anything that you can draw analogies to similar to this? Not really. I mean, I know the, 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 the football team at Northwestern tried to organize and tried to unionize. Right. That was the uh, you know aspect of trying to maybe gain a share of, of the finances that are created through college athletics. Right. Uh, but never something like this type of social movement. And like I said, I applaud them. I applaud them for realizing that the power that they have, because you and I know as Mizzou guys that, that this thing has been an ongoing thing uh, for months. Right. A lot of people got it involved as far as the story goes. A lot of the uh, outsiders started learning about the climate at Mizzou once the football team got involved, but we know, you and I know, and this is thing has been going on, there was an incident in September, there was an incident during homecoming uh, that was actually addressed by uh, Chancellor Law, 
And so this, there, there have been ongoing letters and emails sent to, to President Wolf uh, that he didn't respond to. So a lot of people, you know, they got involved once they saw the hunger strike uh, by Jonathan Butler, the football team, Gary Pinkle making his statement. That's when they, they started saying, but this is, is something that you and I know goes back a while. Mm-hmm. Do you expect, in the aftermath of this situation, other uh, college athletes to sort of capitalize on the power they have as representatives of both the university and the, the money involved and the television involved in, in college athletics, utilizing their power for forces outside of sports? I don't, I don't, I don't know if there other people or other schools are ready to to take that that on. You know, the thing about it is it's it's a real slippery slope, and you you go and you try to put your name and your uh, get some protest that isn't, you know, quite maybe a just protest or something that maybe not right. You, you jeopardize your scholarship, you jeopardize your career, your your college playing career, your education, you jeopardize right. all that. So um, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure if you'll see other uh, groups banding together and, and organizing themselves uh, to fight different causes. But one thing I, I know that's going to come out of this this Missouri team uh, protest is I, I think a lot of uh, other schools will, will, will start looking into the power that they have, the power that they have if they, if they stand together. You know, this may seem like a callous question given the importance of, of the race relations in the overall campus community, but being a sports football program, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask what do you expect the impact to be on Missouri recruiting in the future? Uh, you know, the thing about it for Gary Pinkle, he has the credibility to walk any, to any recruit, white, black, Hispanic, Asian, whatever. He's got the credibility to say, hey, you can come to Missouri and if you're, you can send your kid there and we're going, we're going to support your kid. We're going to do everything in our power to stand by him and make sure that he's in a he's in a place that he feels respected, that he feels that his voice is heard, and that you know if it's not, it, we'll stand we'll stand by his side. Gary Pinkle can walk in any household in America and say that, and, and he it, he has a track record to prove it. So I I don't think this is going to hurt recruiting. I actually think it's going to help recruiting. Mm. You know, a lot of people are, are talking about the racial tensions on campus and how that can affect uh, recruiting. Well. For me, if I, the way I look at it is, Missouri is not different, any different from any college or any university uh, across this country. You know, it's not perfect by far, but you know, other other universities they deal with the same type of issues. And uh, you know, uh, speaking to one uh, former football player at Missouri, you know, we we were talking about our experience there, and we said we came up with the, with the same conclusion that. You got a handful of white idiots. You got a handful of black idiots. You got a handful of Asian idiots. You know, you got a handful of whatever race idiots. Uh, you, you'll have those on campus, and, that, and that's that's just to be expected. But but at the same time, no one should be subject to racism. No one should be be subject to being disrespected or intimidated. Uh, it's that's just unacceptable. Let's get to football. What do you think about that? 
Oh, let's do it. <laughs> well, the, the Tigers are playing on Saturday against BYU, and I think uh, a lot of people will be relieved to focus on something lighthearted like football. But Missouri has a challenge in front of them. The offense is still struggling. The defense looks great, uh, but showed some weaknesses against Mississippi State. And BYU is a team not to be underestimated. They They have had some serious wins this season and some really good games. What are your expectations going into Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium? You know, I'm, I'm kind of concerned. Uh, I would, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that. I am kind of concerned because of this. You know, it's it's hard as a college athlete, college student, as a young person, 18, 19, 20 years old, to really focus, to really put things in perspective and understand that it, it's, it's time to focus on football, the, the fact of the matter is, you can turn on any channel. It doesn't matter. You can turn on ESPN. You can turn on CNN, and uh, you can you'll you'll see it. You'll see them talking about Mizzou and what's going on on campus. Uh, so you know, and, and uh, so I'm kind of worried about the focus of the team uh, going into this game. Uh, you talked about Mississippi State and and the problems they had offensively. To me, I'm really not worried about our defense. I think the defense is still playing great. I think just the fact that when you're not getting being as productive as an offense and you're putting your defense in horrible situations time and time and time again, eventually they're going to give up some plays. They're going to give up some points. That's a, it doesn't matter how great your defense is. And our defense has performed. I mean, they, they've been one of the top five defenses in the country. And um, they, they've played like that every week. So, for me, it's about this offense. What are we going to get from that? Can we get some sort of consistency as far as moving the ball and putting points on the board? Do you have a prediction for uh, the game against BYU? Uh, no prediction. I just, I, I just hope we come out and Mizzou comes out and plays with passion. I hope the offense, like I said, I hope they, they have, you know, gel together and go out there and make some plays and, and consistently move the ball consistently put some points on the board, and, and, uh, and I think good things will happen if they do that. For me, I'm always going to predict the Mizzou win. So I, I don't know the score, but I'll, I'm definitely going to predict the Mizzou win. I'm never <laughs> going against my Tigers. All right. Well, Byron, thanks for joining us, and thanks for speaking candidly about important issues affecting both the football team and the campus at large. It's always good to have you. All right. Thank you. Wow, this has been quite an episode, and before we were even able to finish, we were hit with the bombshell news that Gary Pinkle will be retiring as head football coach of the University of Missouri Tigers due to health concerns and his diagnosis of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Brian, Colin, you're on the line with me. What the hell has happened to Missouri this week? It's just crazy, Brennan. I mean, it. you know, the thing that I think is is – on everybody's mind is obviously just kind of like one of shock. I mean, we just, like, Gary Pinkle has been the sort of standard bearer for great coaching in the SEC, and and, 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 and maybe great's not the right word, but at least, like, just well-respected by everybody, right? I mean, like, not a light, the opposite of a, a Saban where he's a lightning rod or, you know, a or two. Yeah, if sport, sport, Spurrier, who's mocked, you know, it's, Gary Pinkle is just this guy who's so well respected and stoic. Yes, the great word for it, stoic. And then just to have him just be gone 
just like that is just nuts. And the the part that you as more of the story comes out, you know, he knew about this back in May and decided to keep coaching. And then right after the Vandy game, decided or met with his doctors and talked to his family and decided to, to hang it up basically at that point. Um, back in October, that was that was decided, and he just kind of kept it quiet. And so it it just is. <laughs> Man, I just want to shock. I think that's the biggest thing to say right now. Well, I, I think the biggest thing for me, I mean, uh, aside from the shock, is like I'm obviously not a doctor, uh, uh, and uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I mean, the seriousness of this. I mean, it's one thing to lose him as a coach, but is this a situation where he's you know battling for his life? I mean, not to downplay any cancer, but you know there are cancers that are beaten every day with some regularity now is this one of them is this something that falls into that category i don't know (laughs) yeah i mean you're right colin i mean there's the there's the actual health concerns which by far trump football but of course like i mentioned byron when we're talking about the race issues we are a football program and it's impossible not to think about the implications for the program it's impossible not to think of what it affects the team this weekend you know tomorrow and, and against byu I mean, my God, it, it's just a shockwaves for the university. Yeah, if 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 all the I don't know, unrest on campus wasn't enough to for these guys to to juggle while trying to play football, now on top of it is this, and I I feel like one of two things is going to happen: either it's going to be an emotional uh, performance for the players where they are just absolutely house on fire, uh, you know, and just put up a terrific performance based on the emotional component or they just fall flat because this is just you know too much like to I said, this is yeah this is too much and it just it it, it just puts football and puts it, it into perspective and maybe that they realize a football game isn't that an important thing on the grand scheme and that might affect their play a little bit can you believe two weeks ago the biggest shockwave about this season was maddie mock and his love of cocaine yeah yeah i mean that's that's the crazy thing i you know, uh, I wanted to make a joke initially about well, losing to Vanderbilt will will certainly make you consider retirement, but it's almost <laughs> reticent to do it just because it's such a you know cancer and, and the lymphoma thing is it's such a huge weight, uh, yeah. such a downer, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is, and it it just it's going to make you know the so he's going to coach out the rest of the season, I believe, is what I saw. Right, so that's it, correct. You know, it's not like this this will be his last game, and it just it really makes me hopeful that on the 21st you know which is the last home game for missouri that that they just do something to you know really really honor him like the I, best thing that could happen is we get two more wins and take him to his final bowl game you know yeah 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 exactly right I, it just you know and, and we we rip on him you know obviously for for coaching reasons and and whatnot but i've never you know, ripped on him i don't know what you're talking about but brian i have no right right no recollection. Brennan, obviously maybe but colin and i then um but you know we've had guests say you're never gonna find a uh, missouri's never really gonna find a better coach and and i i hope that you know we can find a a, a great coach like gary pinkle again but well, Brian's so lucky to have him, and I think we're about to find out just how lucky we were, which scares the crap out of me. Right. Well, I think uh, one of the hottest coaching coaching names probably this off season for a team like Memphis and other and other teams may be uh, Barry Odom. And yeah. So uh, I don't know. I mean, as strange as it may sound, we may have a 
a ready-made replacement already in-house um, with Odom, I'm always reticent to give somebody their first coaching head coaching job, and and you know it's it's a gamble because even though he's a terrific defensive coordinator, you just never know how they're going to handle being the captain of the ship. But you know somebody's going to give him an opportunity. Um, Colin, I'm not, maybe maybe it should be Mizzou. But you know, you know I think what I you wanted, might have been the person who said uh, a couple episodes ago, we're probably going to lose him to Memphis, and then who knows, maybe he comes to his dream job in a few years when Gary Pinkle's ready to retire. I had no idea that it could be this year. I mean, frankly, I yeah, almost. I, I almost hope that's the case because you look at the quality of vacancies out there, whoever the best big-name coaches are. I mean, there's five, six programs looking for head coaches, and Georgia could be added to that list. I mean, if we take Barry Odom, that'll solve all our problems right away as far as getting a head coach right out of the gate. Well, I think you need to explore who's available. I don't want to just give, hand him the job necessarily. but certainly Well, I mean, you have to consider A.J. Ricker for the job, obviously. <laughs> yeah, right. The, uh, but – I think um, you know the the, the scuttlebutt around. I don't know. I mean, it, it is just that scuttlebutt is that Barry Odom has been, uh, you know, maybe thinks the ship is a, doesn't run as as tight as it used to. Maybe when he was first around, and you know, maybe a he might be a breath of fresh air and, and bring a you know a level Tightness. of discipline that maybe Gary Pinkle just certainly hasn't been able to to you know, physically keep up with in, with his age and now with a with a medical condition. Sure. Yeah, the rumor was that he was, you know, running a sort of banker's hour sort of coaching realm, and and now obviously things are going to change in one way or another. And I wouldn't mind seeing a Barry Odom administration at the, at least the early stages of of what we know about what's going on. But a lot is going to happen between now and and a coaching decision. Sure. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I wish I wish we could have uh, found out just a little earlier. We could ask uh, Corey his thoughts. Sure. Maybe we'll get Corey back sometime soon and, and hear what he thinks. I, I will tell you this, guys. I was really looking forward to football and, uh, you know, keeping it light. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> after all the shit we've gone through and uh, nothing, if if, um, if there's something that uh, trumps racial unrest in the bummer department, Gary Pinkle has found it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so, I don't know. Brian, you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? Yeah, I mean... Obviously, you know we we hope the best for for Gary and and his family and everything. And it, it this is just such, you know, I guess and it'll be interesting. And we, I know we'll talk about this more, you know, after the game, I'm sure. But I think everybody wanted him to go out on his own terms. I don't know that you know anybody wanted to see it happen this way. So it's just it it's sad to to see and um, you know just yeah it, it just kind of caps off a year of of just strange and sadness and and. You know, it's just it's tough. I think it's a tough time to be associated with a, this football program. Winning as yeah, coach between, in Missouri football history. Between Matty Mock and, and uh, the poor season uh, and now the, the the unrest on campus and now Gary Pinkle. It is, this year has been just one giant kick in the balls or maybe several giant kicks in the balls. Like it's just uh, It just never seems to stop. I just, I'm ready for my balls to stop being kicked. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, that's quite a note to go out on. But anyway, we got a game coming up Saturday. Kansas City, Arrowhead, BYU. Predictions, fellas? Boy, uh, you know what? I'm going to go with the uh, – they play at an emotional high uh, for their coach, and we get a win. I'm gonna, I, I don't think before this news came out I would have predicted that, but I'm going to say that they take this and they use it, and they, they play the game of their lives, at least many of them. And the score? Oh, boy, 17 to 12. Brian? 
Yeah, you know, I, I, I want to follow. So my my head says don't pick Mizzou ever again. Um, but because your head you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but after this, and I I I just want you know I want them to win you know the next two games. I want them to get a bowl for this. So I you know this this maybe not logical when you really step back and think about it. But I'll pick I'll take Missouri in a uh, I'll go with a. 12 to 10 game. All right. Where, uh, where we just kick off field goals. I'm going to um I'm going to pick Missouri too. I'm going to go absolutely buck wild and say we get three offensive touchdowns win 21-10. Wow. All right. We're all on Mizzou. Yeah. Got to be. We Some, have lost our minds. Yeah, you got to do it, right? Like just in for a penny in for a pound. Sure. Yeah. Well, let's wrap this up and watch some football. M I Z. Z O U. Go Tigers. A man needs uh, more than, you know, one place to lay his head. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry... And a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. 
Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 